Hi listeners, this is Pitman's Heart Club, and before we get into the episode, we'd like to warn you that we are going to go over some possibly triggering or harmful subjects, such as mental health and suicide. This is a reminder to please listen at your own discretion. Thanks for listening. So, we're Pittman High School's Heart Club, being Responsible Relationships Troop. And it's mental illness or illness month. I almost said woohoo, but it's not really woohoo. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm Paris Moore. Uh, I'm a junior at Pittman High School. Uh, I'm Vanessa Archer. I'm also a junior at Pittman High School. I'm Caden Moore, and I'm a freshman at Pittman High School. I'm sure everyone here has some sort of experience with mental illness, whether it be firsthand or through a friend or a family member. It's honestly really common, right? So, at Pittman High School specifically, or at least in our age group, how do you guys see people struggling with mental health? I feel like I see it more um, when it starts getting like um, final season um, because that's when everyone's really stressing out about grades and I think that's when you really see everyone's um, kind of mental health kind of drop because they're more worried about um, passing (laughs) and getting through and especially um, right now with having to be learning online I think everyone's really struggling with that and it's really different and no one really knows how to handle it and um I'm really like all my friends have just been like struggling and they're all saying yeah it's more um responsibility on me and I don't know if I can do that and it's just like it's just it's more apparent now um like I see it more um even I ran into um a classmate at the grocery store because she works there and she said that she's been really struggling with classes because she needs to see it and I said yeah me too I do I need to see it in front of me um she's been saying that it's just really hard um and it's kind of the only focus and so a lot of people are losing sleep (laughs) because they're worried about the homework um or they procrastinate because they don't want to even think about it um and that's just kind of how I'm seeing it right now, but, um, totally. I mean, everyone prior to quarantine could kind of come up with some sort of way to learn, like, public school. I mean, personally, I like doing public school and having teachers right in front of me. I think it helps me. There's other students that were already doing online school, but the bad thing about quarantine is it kind of forces everyone to do school one specific way. And that's not helpful because everyone learns in different ways. Um, I mean, I personally deal with ADHD and online school does not help my experience. Um, It's just too much reliance on me being focused and me um, getting my stuff done. And that's just not really how I can do things. So, (laughs) but. Kaden, how has your experience been? It's a lot, in a way. Like, 
having English teachers that act like they teach a teacher at the college level is stressful enough. So, like, that's not really helping. Because he assigns an essay basically every week. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just really stressful in a way that, like, I have to make time for the other subjects, but there's also so much in English that I'm just, tem- I like, I don't really have time for the other stuff, you know? Yeah, honestly, the same. Because um, with AP... I had to reach out and tell her that I was canceling my AP test just because I thought the price was crazy for one question. Um, and But the thing is that she's really giving out essays every week. And it's like they're timed right, um, and they're supposed to be very um, detail-oriented. like They're very just like strongly detailed. Um, and because of that, it's like that's the only thing I feel like I can focus on <laughs> is because that class is so such a priority because of it being a um, um, just a higher like level class, uh, and so that's been hard because I haven't had time to focus on anything. So I do agree with like English being um, a real downside just because of the essays. What have you been doing for friends to help them? Have you just been talking to them? ranting to them that's what I've been doing a lot um (laughs) letting them rant to you what do you think we could all do to to help others whether they are mentally ill or not mentally ill Uh, I think just reaching out (laughs) totally um like I feel like I try to reach out to my friends like every week I like at least a couple times to be like hey how are you guys doing do you guys want to do like a little call and like check in with each other because um, I think it's really important now more than ever to like be there for your friends and like family just because um, now you don't have the like I feel like you take advantage of um, hanging out with your friends sometimes mm-hmm. um, because you just sometimes don't want to hang out with them and it just gets like kind of repetitive um, but now I miss it <laughs> so I feel like I have to like check in with my friends and do calls once in a while just be like hey let's catch up and like chat and just rant to each other um because I feel like um now they're all stuck at home some of us don't have the best relationship with our parents and you can't really like just let it all out on them when they're also stressed about stuff mm-hmm. uh and so I feel like just having your friends back is like kind of the most important thing right now what does heart do to help people struggling with mental health issues. Do you guys feel supported by heart? Do you guys feel supported by everyone in here? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, personally, like, having these weekly um, meetups and stuff is just, it's nice because there's some sort of um, routine, even if it's just a once-a-week thing. Um, I feel like on my own, I'm not very good at keeping routine, but since, you know, this is a get together and there's other people involved, I feel more, um, inclined to meet up and talk to you guys. So it feels more organized. Um, but I think that definitely just through heart, I've, I've kind of gotten to see how other people 
few different things regarding um, mental health issues, um, especially you guys like just being here talking about this. Um, I mean, I talked a little bit about my experience right now with quarantine and my mental health struggle. My main one right now is ADHD, um, just given the certain <laughs> situation we're in. Um, but also, you know, it's it's hard being with being around family members that are also dealing with certain mental health issues. Um, I really have to be there to support them because they can't keep up with the, the daily routine they had to support themselves. And I can't either. So it's definitely interesting seeing how different family members of mine are, are dealing with their struggles. Yeah, I um, I personally struggle with depression and anxiety, but right now it's mainly just depression because it's like my mood. Um, my moods have been just like completely <laughs> out of my control. Um, and I feel like quarantine has really made that um, like stronger. <laughs> I just feel like I really can't control it. Um, and I mean, I feel like I'm handling it better though, just because um, I am opening up more, but I'm also um, scared to open up sometimes just because I've noticed that my, my parents are also dealing with this um, really hard way. Like my um, dad is like having a little bit of like, he got, I think he got like 15% cut or something um, in his paycheck. And we wanted to move our, uh, move houses this year, but that's probably not going to happen, um, just because of the money situation. Um, and it's kind of hit my mom a lot harder than I expected. And, um, it's just kind of hard to watch them, um, kind of fall into this whole spiral that I've experienced for years. And, um, and I struggled to reach out and like talk about it and eventually get help and take medication so that I don't have to struggle with this um, as much. And I know my parents would never, they, it's kind of that same mindset that I had when I was first starting, like, oh, I don't want to like go see a therapist. Oh, I don't want to go see a psychiatrist. I don't want to be like, once I do that, I feel like I'm, crazy <laughs> I feel like that's um kind of just a thing where it's like oh yeah the crazy person in movies and stuff usually has some kind of mental illness um and so like struggling with mental health myself is just kind of um not a good <laughs> way of uh just like growing up and seeing that in media and then having that be like I mean, issue just like with mental health, um, and depression, anxiety now. Um, and so I know my parents would probably just be like, yeah, that I don't want to see a therapist. I don't need to. <laughs> That's kind of their mindset. Um, and so going on every day with just like seeing them like that and also dealing with my stuff is not very fun. Um, but I'm just kind of hoping <laughs> it'll all be okay. And I'm just letting my parents know like, hey, like, you're not alone. If you're having struggles, like, I've been dealing with it for years. You can talk to me about it. I know it seems weird talking to your kid about stuff, 
So sometimes you just need to let it out. And that's why I rant all the time to them. And so I feel like it's good to also just let your family members know the same thing um, that they usually will tell you. So I don't know. know. Quarantine's been really weird for my family with like mental health. It's been like a whole roller coaster for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And leading off of that, um, you talked about how, how seeing it like in the media kind of shown as some sort of like, like only, you know, crazy people, only like insane, evil people have mental illness or just mental health problems in general. And that's not true, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I would say the majority of people with mental health issues aren't (laughs) evil. They don't have any ill intent necessarily. Um, which goes on to say, like, why is good representation of mental illness and mental health struggles in the media important? What does it teach us? I think that having good mental representation of mental illness in media kind of can show kids that, okay, certain feelings aren't crazy and they are perfectly natural and you should reach out and get help because you know having different like problems with your mental health it's a serious issue and it's nothing to go okay well it doesn't matter and um, i'm just going to like negatively affect everyone around me or whatever you know i think that by having different characters in movies deal with mental health issues it's like it basically teaches kids like hey you know this is a natural um normal thing that happens to people and everyone deals with different things in their lives whether it be mental illness or trauma or anything so it's kind of that normalization of everyone goes through stuff (laughs) you know Yeah, and I feel like it's also really important to show that not everyone experiences mental health struggles the same way. Like, there's, like, totally so many different things. Um, Like, I just remembered this one show. It's a silly little show. I feel like it's for kids on Netflix. Um, It's, like, called um, The Healing Powers of Dude. It's this kid. He's, like, in middle school, I believe, um, and he has this dog that, um, where he gets this dog just because he has social anxiety, um, so he just got a dog for it, like, a little companion, um, service dog, and I feel like that was, like, the best representation of social anxiety, even though it was, like, a very silly kid thing, um, because it was directed for kids, and it was, it showed, like, this is how kids can experience it. Um, and I feel like no one really pays attention to, um, all types of that kind or all types of anxiety. And I feel like that was like, just a good thing because it shows like hallucinations and how, um, it can like just be part of mind and like becoming strong enough to, um, push those away and realize those things aren't real. That's not going to happen. Um, and I feel like that one was really good. (laughs) Um, and I feel like (laughs) um and just that that show was meant for kids really was a good step up (laughs) in 
um, just telling people about mental health and how it is different for everyone. Um, and also if you experience it, you're not alone because there are so many people in the world that do. Um, so yeah. Well, good representation of the mental health issues is great. How does bad representation harm people? How can it be harmful? Like, what kind of maybe coping mechanisms or um, attitudes or um, actions can come from bad representations? It reminds me of like, you know, how in um, every kind of cliche short movie where there's that bully and he's only a bully because something's happening at home. So that's like, it shows that if something is like, if something is wrong and it's affecting you mentally to um, you just automatically become the bully and you like take it all out in violence because you don't know how to deal with it. And then um, that's just the hated character because it's a bully. Um, and I feel like that's just, that's just really harmful <laughs> for any like age group just because um, that's not how you can deal with it. There are other ways you can, um, but that's just the one thing that is like going through my mind is just that kid who has stuff going on just like automatically becomes the bad guy um, and just has takes it all out on others and just becomes violent and aggressive um and just deems like the least like least liked character and or the villain and uh i think it's important to note that that's not how everyone should cope with it um and i feel like if you're gonna add that kind of thing and show the movies show them getting better <laughs> like yeah. actually don't just be like um like in Stranger Things, um, uh, there's the character Billy, and he, his dad is awful to him and very abusive. And, um, but spoiler alert, <laughs> and then he dies um, as saving his stepsister and like the all his friends, all her friends and stuff. Um, and that was supposed to be like, oh yeah, he's not really that much of a bad guy. Um, but people were like, oh, yeah, but he's still a racist. And he's got, like, um, a bad, like, just because his father's abusive, I'm not going to feel sorry for him, um, which was kind of rough. <laughs> I feel like I understand, like, he's done some things, and I don't think that it was the greatest redemption just because they killed him off. They didn't even give him a chance. Um, and so I feel like, like <laughs> I would rather have redemption shown um, if you're going to have someone like be so mean and cruel to others uh, in media. I feel like that's really important <laughs> just to show them getting better and show ways, different ways of coping with it than just being aggressive. So. Mm. Yeah, no, I think that like mental health struggles, trauma, anything can create a bully. It can create a lot of things. Um, and sometimes bullies are just mean for the sake of being mean, but most of the time they do have some sort of background. And so that is a good message, I guess, to give is that even the worst people, first of all, experience bad things and they can get better. Doesn't mean they will, but there is 
the possibility of them becoming a better person. And that's a really important message. Um, okay, well, we're going to talk about some bad representations of mental health. So, <laughs> um, I think one of the most talked about and well-known shows that has really questionable um, representations of mental illness is 13 Reasons Why. <laughs> and basically, if anyone else wants to summarize it, you may, but if not, I will. <laughs> uh, um, well, basically, the main character, Hannah, she, um, she killed herself because of 13 things. And so in the in the book and the show, there's tapes, um, and there's 13 tapes where each person is dedicated to tape because they had some kind of part in playing, like, in why she did it, um, and it just kind of goes through this whole cycle of her struggle and why she ended up committing suicide in most, like, very questionable ways of showing, um, what happened and uh then after the first season it continues on with the other characters and how they struggle after her death yeah um i think 13 reasons why is a very harmful representation of mental illness um it kind of it doesn't have there's no solution kind of represented or like given to the main character um it they almost make it seem as if suicide is the only option for her. Um, and that's a very negative, um, it's a very bad thing to tell your audience, to teach your audience. Because suicide isn't the only option, it is probably the worst option. Um, and in addition to that, it also shows that not only did Hannah choose suicide, but she also chose to get back at all the people who made her feel bad. It taught this idea that revenge is amazing, and uh, if, she, if, you, if you take revenge on the people that did you wrong, then they're going to learn their lesson, and everything's going to be worthwhile, everything's going to get balanced out again, but that's not necessarily true. Revenge is not the best path to take when you've been wronged. Um, in fact, even um, the also, oh, go ahead. <laughs> well, also, um, I feel like the main thing that people um, are very uncomfortable about is just the sexual assault. And um, the, there's been multiple times where it's mentioned in the series, um, just because um, it, it doesn't it just immediately makes it think like with the characters um they don't get like um the revenge and like they just have to deal with it um and I feel like that's a really bad message because <laughs> I know that that's what happens to people but if you're going to have many characters experience it then like I feel like it's kind of overdone and especially in the second season I could not watch it because I heard about the last episode where a boy got sexually assaulted and it was shown <laughs> like it was like you could really see what was going to happen 
Um, and that was uh, kind of traumatizing for lots of people because although it happened, it just automatically links it to you just have to deal with it. These kids are just dealing with it themselves and um, they don't have, they can't reach out to anybody. And I feel like it would also be like, if you're going to <laughs> represent that, represent them getting the help, getting to talk to people. And with Hannah in the first season, that was one of the main reasons was because she got sexually assaulted. That was one of her main reasons to go because she reached out to the main character, the main boy, and wanted to try and get help, but he pushed her away, I believe. Um, and he was hallucinating later on where he's like, why didn't you say it sooner? Like you could have saved me. It's your fault kind of thing. Um, and that's it's not a good representation of sexual assault victims and why uh, like their one choice is to either um, just have someone automatically understand or um, they just commit suicide. And it's very upsetting <laughs> that that's how it's expressed in the show. Yeah. Um, I think that having so many different traumatic experiences represented in the show with no resolve, nothing that shows you how to recover or get help from those things is really negative. I think that the show can be very triggering for people who went through those experiences. And it's almost as though it's kind of exploiting the, the, the trauma, um, because they don't teach you any useful coping mechanisms or anything that says, oh, well, it'll get better. It's just the main character, Hannah Baker, she went through these awful things. She died. End of story. Nothing, nothing good comes out of it. No resolve. That's a horrible thing, I think, to, to teach in a show. It, it shows people that are going through some of the things that Hannah Baker went through that you don't get better and it just teaches so many negative things it's like first you're triggering your audience and you're teaching them that you can't improve things don't get better and it's teaching them that revenge is okay and you will get your way if you take revenge on people who wronged you and i think that's the way that Certain reasons why really sensationalizes um, mental illness and trauma and all of the things that all of the characters went through, um, which is it. Well, hold on. So sensationalism the definition is exactly just using shocking, traumatic, awful experiences at the expense of um, accuracy and also at the expense of victims in order to gain interest and get attention. So that's that's literally what reasons why is doing. They are sensationalizing suicide and oppression and sexual assault and all of these different things. And it's just an awful thing to do because it just teaches awful things to those who go through those experiences. It normalizes all of those bad things while also making the characters um every time they or like every character who would have their tape just got angry or emotional at something else and 
it really showed that like no one really had empathy for her mm-hmm. like they really it, they really didn't care um that like she did it but the reasons that they were like upset were just because of the stuff that led to it um because they all had something to do with them and it was um I understand why people would get upset being like oh okay I'm a reason and like that makes me feel bad but also they're not portraying any embassy onto her (laughs) and that's the whole thing where they're not giving her um that resolution there's no like good thing coming from this it's all just a bad message of like um yes it's got trigger warnings on every episode um and it's got some mentions of reaching out to others but it's not um I feel like if you're going to say all that you know people aren't going to um back off they're not gonna click off the show sometimes people don't um don't pay attention to trigger warnings just because um, they're so down themselves that they just completely avoid those. Um, and that could be really damaging because sometimes you just put stuff in the show that are too um, too much for those people. It's just really harmful. <laughs> and with it being um, sensationalized and like it just being like exploited where it's all just um, one big mystery of why she did it um, and not the serious message behind why like suicide happens all the time and nothing like there's no good <laughs> in the show if you were going to make a second series why would it be um about more <laughs> um struggles and the same things that happened in the first one but still with no good ending and, and it's true like there's not always a happy ending but if you're going to represent it to others who have mental health struggles it's good to have examples of being like happier or just being just getting better um actually reaching out like support groups sometimes um I've seen in other like shows and stuff where they have support groups and they just talk to each other uh and that's a good (laughs) way of just like showing that people are getting help um and I feel like that would be a good add-on is just showing (laughs) them getting help that's all that I feel like would make the show acceptable to show all those things if you made that resolution because it just looks like you're exploiting all that negativity that happens and it's just not okay. Totally. When talking about sensualization, I think that there's tons of different ways you can do it. Um, I mean, even we are just talking about like a horror movie that... Um, not during this podcast, but with um, with Escobar, we were talking about um, the Invisible Man, and it, it's just so many different kinds of medias. I think, especially like horror movies, sensationalize these different experiences of mental illness in a way to like scare the audience and make them afraid of people with different mental illnesses. But in reality, I think in general, there's not much to be afraid of. That doesn't mean that people with mental health issues can't be bad people because they definitely are but to have all these negative representations of them makes them seem evil and bad um, I think 
a really good example of sensationalization in media is um, Netflix's film about Ted Bundy, extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Um, but I think that the general consensus is that that movie is really good. They think that um, that guy found it a good job of representing Ted Bundy. I think that it can be kind of negative in a way, just like any any movie that represents mental illness. For example, I think that the movie kind of humanized Ted Bundy more than necessary. They kind of showed too much um, empathy from him when in reality he was he kind of lost his empathy if you really read into um, his cases. I didn't have time, but I asked my dad what he thought about it <laughs> uh, because he just said that the movie, like, he thought that it was good um, just because, um, I know we were talking about how it's Zac Efron, an attractive guy, as Ted Bundy, uh, when Ted Bundy was meant to be more charismatic and attractive, and that's what was his, um, kind of his secret weapon, <laughs> was just, like, to lure people, like, more of these girls in and stuff, um, and I feel like that, I feel like that was okay, um, but he did say that, like how he said the empathy was, uh, like it really made him feel like, oh, like I feel kind of sorry for him, when mm-hmm. in reality he doesn't deserve it. <laughs> like there's, um, I feel like it's kind of harsh when we say people don't deserve it, but when um, some people have gone too far to where you can't just blame it on the mental health struggle um, mm-hmm. and just like, I don't know, it, it just makes me feel uncomfortable because, um, again, it's a bad representation of just being like, this is how all people with mental health will end, like mental health struggles will end up. Um, and like, it's just horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. I don't like that. Yeah. The movie started out by showing like Ted Bundy's personal life and how he, he met his soon to be wife and um it, it showed like the normal part of his life without really showing all of the evil he was doing until eventually it kind of sifted into his normal life and I think by introducing it like that it, it really did like rather than putting off the vibe of oh yeah he's just charismatic and attractive and that's healers and victims it was he was a completely normal and respectable human being when really he wasn't. He was not a great person. He used his charisma to exploit people. I mean, even he exploited his wife, I think, by just going behind her back and doing all these evil things. Um, and it just, it it didn't put off the right vibe because it, it, it made him seem like he was redeemable, you know? Um, I think that it's important that anyone who deals with any sort of mental health issues should reach out before they ever get to the point where they go out and murder people for their own enjoyment. Um, not that most people with mental health issues would. Um, I think we've already talked about how media um, can villainize people with mental health problems enough but I think that even just having um, movies about that 
and not enough movies to talk about how, or not enough good movies, rather, to talk about how mental illness isn't inherently evil or bad. Um, it's just, it's really harmful, and, and, it, and it creates a really bad um, general viewpoint of it. Especially since most representations, um, the mental health struggles are very extreme. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes it doesn't get that way. So he'll just have um, a little bit of depression. Some people, it's just genetic and they can't control it. Uh, and I feel like if you're going to represent, like how I said before, I feel like it's good to represent all types <laughs> um, and not just if you're, you're, you're struggling so much, you're going to become this insane <laughs> villain and you're going to become psychopath, serial killer, anything that's harmful. That's a harmful message um, just because that's not how every mental health um, issue is. And despite any kind of like how extreme or if it's really mild, um, no one deserves to have to be like if they're struggling with something and they haven't opened up about it yet um to look at these things and be like that's how I'm gonna end up (laughs) like that's like I don't want to feel like this I'm gonna end up being crazy uh which is just not good (laughs) I mean there's the idea that um anyone giving the circumstances could be a murderer that's that's a that's an idea um and I think that that's in, like if saying that that has nothing to do with mental health issues. I think that different people's experiences in life lead to different things, and it's not even just mental illness that creates a murderer or some sort of criminal. Um, and I think that well, I can't pull up specific statistics right now, but um, I think that while most people there's or not most, but like there's a large, it's a large portion of criminals that do deal with different mental health issues. That's kind of just, I think, rather than being, oh, those people with mental health issues are instantly going to be some awful criminal. It's more of a, okay, well, you need to make sure that we treat people with these different illnesses because people with um, mental health issues are kind of put into a world created by neurotypicals that um, expect them to act a certain way. It's not the mental illness in itself. I think that it's our society and how we expect people to act that creates um, murderers and criminals. Uh, we don't, we aren't open enough to people who have different brains. Um, so that's, that's, it's really important. Uh, I, uh, I was just like looking up um, if I could find any kind of statistic thing. Um, but just this website said something that was uh, interesting to me. It says, the popular belief is that people with mental illness are more prone to commit acts of violence and aggression. The public perception of psychiatric patients as dangerous individuals is often rooted in the portrayal of criminals in the media as crazy individuals. A large body of data suggests otherwise. People with mental illnesses are more likely to be a victim of violent crime than the perpetrator. This bias extends all the way to the criminal justice justice system where persons with mental illness get treated as criminals, arrested, charged, and jailed for a longer time in jail compared to the general population. And what website is that from? Um, I, it doesn't have a name. It's just like, um, 
ncbi.nlm.nih.gov. Fair enough. Um, I, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's like very um, credible, but yeah, and, and I just that, thought it was important. And, and okay. that's, <laughs> that's something to to look into really is, um, well, it, and it's relevant to what I, I said too, is like people with mental disabilities, illness, mental health issues, I think can honestly often be victims of just not like purposeful victims, but just, you know, general victims of um, a neurotypical um, society that is designed to um, train people to act a certain way. And it's just people are born with these different, different acting minds or maybe not born with, but they develop these, these different minds and it does turn them into victims of some sort. And victims can become like perpetrators. Um, on um, a website called American Psychological Association, they said um, they had a study done. And it says um, it was a study conducted with former defendants of a mental health court in Minneapolis. The participants completed a two-hour interview about their criminal history and mental health symptoms covering an average of 15 years. The study didn't find any predictable patterns linking criminal conduct and mental illness symptoms over time. Two-thirds of the offenders who had committed crimes directly related to their mental illness symptoms also had committed unrelated crimes for other reasons, such as poverty, unemployment, homelessness, and substance abuse, according to the research. Um, so it, it's not really, um, I think that's a good thing to note is that with people struggling with mental health struggles, it's not um, like they purposely become criminals. Mm -hmm. um, it's usually because they fall down and um, like drug abuse and just when you're on drugs, you kind of aren't in the right state of mind. Uh, and instead of just making these people like labeled automatically as criminals, I feel like we should be teaching society that not to portray these people as villains but to um highlight the importance of mental health <laughs> and why we should be talking about it more and bringing awareness to it because not everyone is a criminal for it um and i'm sure like like ted bundy there are criminals who are just um not in the right state of mind and they're just uh, awful um but that doesn't mean every criminal is and everyone with mental health issues are going to end up like these criminals. I feel like it's important to note <laughs> like that's not the case. Uh, and that study shows just like that's usually, there's not a really specific link. Well, yeah, in a way, I think there is a specific link, but not like, it naturally, like this is what I was talking about earlier, is I don't think that it naturally, um, having mental health issues naturally makes you criminal. But the mistreatment from society and um, the the lack of, I guess, awareness for people who deal with mental health struggles um, leads them to fall into things like drugs and leads them to be more likely to be homeless. And then further on, 
leads them to be more likely to be criminals. Um, but specifically, I was thinking, um, I'll have to look up the study I was thinking about, but um, I think that it was something like, this is just going off of memory, it was something like 40% of, like a really big percentage of prisoners have some sort of mental illness, but especially like ADHD. Um, I talk about that a lot because it's very relevant to me, obviously. Um, yeah, so ADD.org says, um, from a study from 2014, uh, between 25 and 40 percent of prison inmates have ADHD. Uh, most are undiagnosed and have gone mistreated or like untreated. Um, and so that's the other thing is that the ADHD in itself isn't going to make you a criminal, obviously. It's just the lack of treatment um, leads to several different things like drug abuse, homelessness that lead to making <laughs> illegal actions and becoming criminals. Yeah. And, so, and obviously we can't fix all the homelessness and poverty in just mm -hmm. like two seconds. We can't do that. But we can still offer that treatment. We can still offer mental health um just help help with that and so um i feel like this it just needs to be more of a thing that we're aware of without just automatically associating it with like a negative connotation so we talked about how when people with certain mental health struggles um go mistreated they can end up doing, or end up in really bad places like drug abuse, homelessness, um, illegal activities in general. So, what can, what, do, what role can the media have in changing that? Like, what would good representation of mental health in the media do for people with mental health struggles? we kind of talked about this earlier in the beginning. Um, like, what can people with mental health issues learn from characters that deal with mental, mental illness and deal with it well, or get the help that they need? What can they learn? Um, well, uh, like I've been saying about how um you usually portrays those kind of people to be bad um having good representation would teach um especially younger people that it's not a bad thing there's nothing wrong with you um it's just something that you're experiencing and uh if the character is getting help then it'll um kind of encourage the the person just to do it too because um, that's what needs to be given out is just help. Uh, it's important just to note that there is help out there. And with these characters, um, although it's just a show and it's just acting, most people experience these things. And um, it's a very, uh, I don't know, it just <laughs> affects a lot of uh, population and it's just important to note like 
no one's alone going through it um uh, as long as help is out there and available and having good representation will lead people who need it just to go and get that help and i don't think i don't think like movies that not to say exploit but like movies that represent how um mistreated mental health problems can go bad i don't think those are necessarily bad but i think that we definitely need more good representation and i think that one one good movie is um, The Bricks of Being a Wallflower. Um, it follows a socially awkward teen who has um, anxiety, who has PTSD, and um, probably a number of other issues. But it, it kind of goes through his life and, and, and his experiences dealing with his anxiety and dealing with people that come out of their way to help him. And um, it kind of shows how he ends up dealing with his PTSD um, because basically um, until high school, he's like been, as the title suggests, a wallflower. He watches back and watches um, other people socialize rather than engaging. But he meets these two people who are very charismatic and loud and talkative and they kind of help him like discover the joys of being social and um, going out and living life with other people. And so it kind of shows his struggle from going from that quiet kid to quickly experiencing all these things that other people who maybe don't deal with the same varieties that he deal with, um, things that they would, they would normally experience. Um, and it's interesting, the movie is really interesting because it shows his normal life and his, his basic like high school experiences of going to parties and um, making new friends and doing crazy things. But it also shows the experience of a kid with different mental health issues. And as it goes on, um, you learn new things that you totally didn't know about him. Like he, as a child, this is spoilers, but he was um, sexually assaulted by his aunt. He suppressed that um, and his relationship with his sexual identity and sex in general um, is totally just, his experience with his sexual identity and sex is kind of ruined by these sexual traumas that he experienced as a kid. And that's really where his PTSD comes from. Is he experienced traumatic and awful events in his life and it resulted in these really bad mental health issues and it kind of shows a good example of how you aren't necessarily bad if you deal with mental health issues and it shows that you can deal with them and you can grow from them um, so I think it's a really good example um, which I think that a really good discussion based on that movie is how suppressed trauma can affect an individual. So how do you guys think that um, suppressing bad experiences and traumatic experiences affects one's brain and one's daily life? <laughs> well, I think 
Um, <laughs> well, I think that when you suppress your emotions in general, sometimes it can be good, but a lot of times it's very detrimental. It's you're ignoring and not solving your problems. And so by ignoring your problems, they kind of build stress on you. They kind of make your life worse. Sometimes when you suppress them, you don't realize where the stress is coming from. I think that the perks of being a wallflower shows how untreated um, trauma and mental health can come up later in life and how it can come up and ruin certain parts of your life totally unexpected. Um, it also, I think another good part of it is um, kind of normalizes how PTSD isn't just something that like war veterans <laughs> deal with. It's actually a pretty, I, I don't want to say common, it's not like necessarily common, but it's, it's mm, not only for people who experience like war or something uh, on that traumatic level. Um, it can come from a lot of different things, a lot of different traumas. And I think that's something that, like, um, representing different mental health struggle, struggles in the media, like, it's very important because it shows all of these different kinds of struggles, and it shows that anyone, regardless of where they come from, can deal with mental illness and all kinds of mental illness, not just like depression, depression, anxiety, but also PTSD, OCD, ADHD, all of these different things. It's anyone can deal with them. Anyone you know could be dealing with mental health problems and you don't know it. Um, I think that's important. I think it's always important to be mindful of the fact that you don't know everything that everyone around you is going through. And I think that's what having representation in movies can show. It's not even just for the people who are dealing with the mental illness that is showcased in the movie, but it's also for the people who aren't dealing with the mental illness. It, it can create kind of a, an awareness in someone because a lot of times people who are neurotypical or don't deal with certain mental health issues aren't really aware of the struggles. They aren't aware of, I wouldn't say how easy they have it, but like they aren't aware of how other people have to deal with things that come naturally to them. And that is why, honestly, any representation of all sorts of people is important in media. We need to understand that other people have different lives and experience different things. So the reason why we're talking about this and the reason why mental illness is so important to talk about is because it's really a lot more common than some people may think. Um, about one in five adolescents suffer from some sort of severe mental illness or will suffer from some sort of mental illness. And a lot of them aren't getting the support or the treatment that they need. And so by having these different illnesses represented, and media, it, it normalizes the illnesses, but it also may show teenagers that they do need help and that they need to reach out and that they need to be diagnosed for certain things. 
thinking about these statistics and how high there are, we as HART really, really want to do our best to, to change and, and help lower these, these suicide rates and these just rates of just lack of help for people with mental illness. So one thing that we can do is provide hotlines and provide resources for those who are struggling. If you need to reach out for help, or if you know someone who needs help, the Haven Women's Center 24-7 Crisis Hotline is 209-577-5980. So the Depression National Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. And then for the Crisis Text Line, text HOME to 741-741. And if you are experiencing emotional distress related to any natural or human caused disaster, you can call the Disaster Distress Helpline at 1-800-985-5990 or text TALK WITH US to 66746. The LGBTQA plus suicide hotline is 1-866-488-7386 or you can find resources on the Trevor Project website. This has been Pittman's Heart Club. Thank you so much for listening and supporting our podcast. Thank you again for listening. And a special thank you to our funders. Sutter Health, California Offices of Emergency Services, and Patterson Joint Unified School District.